the that Hawaii uh, uh, All Star Weekend and um, flag football game, like tearing up his knee and never being the same. Yeah, you know um, that stuff like that. <laughs> get getting a little warped there, dude. Yeah, we're kidding now. You still there? Yeah, I'll get you. I think the Russians are jamming you, buddy. Welcome back to the thing. Uh, you have kind of a spiel you do here, so man, yeah, man, you got you got to do it right, man. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, this is the Dan versus D Sports and Stuff podcast, or DVD for short, aka DVD player. I'm your player, D with two E's. And this is my dude who is not only not in the same building as me, but also at least five hours away from me. And his name is Dan with an A-N. There you go. And he's being joined with a special guest tonight. Yeah. Please welcome to the show my dad, uh, Chris, which I guess I'm not allowed to call him. So my dad, my dad named Dad. <laughs> uh, I, I have permission to do so. So we got Chris. Hey, got how Chris you doing? Uh, so I thought this would be kind of fun. I referenced this in a previous episode, and also this is the first time a listener has requested to be on the show. So uh, I got grievances, being that it's Festivus. See, yeah, we're uh, yeah. He, he's wanted a piece of this pie. <laughs> He's, that's all you want to do want a piece of this pie I'm getting out on the ground floor see <laughs> see you know that's why I say listeners send us email tweet us we've never received any listener email or tweets so literally what literally whatever you send us we will read on the air even well probably not if it's hate speech but pretty much anything else yeah. is fair game and by the way um, to put it in perspective like um, we are less outnumbered now because we have another um, Boston fan, <laughs> yes. especially with the Patriots. I so. imagine this. I imagine this is going to be a pretty NFL heavy episode. <laughs> uh, I mean, he loves his Red Sox. Yeah, Red Sox, Celtics, all of it. Bruins. No, yeah. I used to follow the Bruins when I was a kid a lot. My no, I didn't know you kept, was, kept track of the Bruins. Bobby Orr was my hero. Number oh four, man, York. number four. That's right. But um, yeah, I like them all. They got to yeah. be in their jersey or yeah, wear our colors. Boston College, BC. Phelan's down there. Oh my Matt god! Ryan. <laughs> Unfortunate deep one for the end zone. Phelan is down there. Oh, he, he got it! He got it! He got it! What I what I will say though is like I am grateful for you got uh for your Boston College uh Golden Eagles for uh de- dethroning Duke off their number one uh spot. That's right. 
Yeah. Every now and then it pays off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not every week. I, I, I remember from a couple of years ago, and I forget the guy's name now, but the, the Boston College guy who they'd had a horrible, horrible season, and it was his senior year, and uh, he was about to graduate, and somebody asked him in the press conference like what he remembered, what, what would be his like favorite memory from playing for Boston College, and he was like, uh, I guess going out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. All the good restaurants. That poor guy. <laughs> I remember that. But, uh, yeah, I thought this would be kind of fun. Um, we, uh, when we started this thing, we really didn't have a point. We really didn't have, like, a like a thesis statement. And it's kind of become we're, – we're not reporters. We're not athletes. We're, we're fans. And so it's really kind of us talking about the experience of being fans a lot of time. And yeah. So that's kind of where we go when we have guests, usually. Yeah, and, and besides, thesis statements are for college. So <laughs> we're, we're not we're not there anymore. Yes, no. So instead of having a point, we're going to ramble about nothing. That's really what I'm trying to say is that the show so, has, has no has no topic and no, uh, so, no direction. So, so uh, Dan, what you're saying is um, we are unofficially the Seinfeld of sports podcasts. Yes, yes. No, we are. We are. Uh, we are the Seinfeld podcast. It's a show about. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyways, um figure we could just dive into dive into um what's kind of been in the news lately. Uh uh you mentioned to me that you wanted to talk about that Pittsburgh New England game. So uh Man <laughs> If we don't have to, if we don't show up with a better defense, we're 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 screwed. I didn't. I did not like the um, conversion of third downs at will. And um, if it wasn't like if it wasn't for that um, the incomplete pass bailout call, um, the defense that on that that day and that last possession would have lived in infamy because that that uh, sixty nine yard reception to Juju Smith Schuster and refusing to like push him out of bounds or. Or, or keeping it like a, to like make a twenty yard gain instead. Uh, I'm I'm still thinking about that, and that just makes me cringe. It looked horrible. The defense looked horrible, yeah. and it, they it could was not, horrible. They couldn't get him off the field on third down because it's it's called like it's called not having Jamie Collins Senior to help um, uh, bail you out against athletic running backs like Le'Veon Bell. Right. <laughs> we have we had a defensive lineman like trying to line up against him. That wasn't gonna work. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird, but I guess that's sort of a hall a hallmark of the Belichick era, right? Is look like crap, look like crap, look like crap. Somehow win? Yeah. Question mark. Surprise the hell out of everyone. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Kyle Van Noy. He's like our best linebacker we got. But if Kyle Van Noy is your best, like guy out of your linebacker core, I know we got had we the injury. Uh, hit uh, to um, Dante Hightower. Yeah, he's out out the year. But if Kyle Van Noy is your best linebacker, then uh, that's not that's not the best case scenario. Well, now we have James Harrison. So yeah, yeah there you go. Who's at thirty nine? I believe actually. <laughs> he did you see? He tweeted when he signed with the team today. He tweeted he took a selfie with Brady and he said, "Finally, a teammate older than me." <laughs> yeah. 
This should be interesting. Well, he gets to play with a real quarterback. Yeah. Even if they get nothing but intel from him, it should be interesting. Or just yeah, I mean, upset the- Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is I mean, not happy. Like- I don't think they'd be excited. No. Um, hey, are you familiar? Are you familiar with the term Yenzers? <laughs> like that's like I guess that's like a that's a new term for me because I uh, over the, over the last few months because I learned that uh, a person I follow on YouTube who's from Pittsburgh who I guess who sort the Pittsburgh teams um, like the fans are referred to as Yenzers. Yeah, I don't I've know heard why, it. but I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. it feels mm-hmm. like a word I shouldn't say. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it feels like it's like a- like how people in Boston might say "use guys." In in Pittsburgh, they say "yins." Oh, say, okay. hi yins, hi yins, hi yins means like how you or you know how you doing? Or, oh, okay, okay, it, okay. It, okay. Yeah, like we would Dan- say "use." We would say "use guys." Okay, because Dan had me worried for a second. I was like, "Uh oh, did like are we gonna have to like you know like do that like home world like censorship like something for that?" <laughs> no, no. More also, you can you can say as many cuss words as you want, Chris, because he has he has the uh, the power of editing to like you know censor it. So yes. <laughs> he can't edit his old man. No way. You can, you can say words like "fuck." <laughs> I would never say oh, that word. I never told you that. <laughs> no, you I have to. Man, you're from Boston, man. You got to. That's like that's like one, one of those like uh, unwritten rules of uh, being a Bostonian. Like well, you have to like say that word, man. We work in profanity as other artists work in, in oils or or, <laughs> or clay. Oh, wow. See, mostly when they play the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> those damn Yankees. <laughs> um. No, I was gonna say something else about that, but uh, it's gone. See, he forgot. <laughs> I forgot because I was thinking about. Uh, Cuss words that I didn't learn from my dad. Wait, wait, what were you about to talk about? What, Yenzers or something? Yens. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't mean that it was necessarily like a like an offensive term. I just meant like it sounded like something that yeah. I shouldn't repeat. You know what it, I mean? It, like Yeah. But uh no, that's interesting. I'd never I'd never heard that before. I, I didn't know about it until like I uh, listened to Urinating Tree. Like, and that's that's the guy that's the guy's name. So, like, I need to send you like the link of like um of that week in sports ball where he like actually goes on the segment of the Patriots one, and I think he sums it as a Pittsburgh fan. I think he sums it up completely. Yeah, totally. Send that to me. Yeah, will. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that game happened, and that probably is going to determine uh, home field advantage in the AFC. That just crazy. Call where Jesse James catches the ball, pivots, dives into the end zone, hits the ground, ball pops out, just a slight little bit out of his hands, and that's uh, that's mean, an incomplete pass. I, um, I mean, I'm a fan, like, and you know, I'm you know, I'm I'm biased, you know, as you know, I'm probably just as biased as any person, like uh, who roots for the Patriots, uh, like as a Patriot fan, but like I. I didn't really like what I saw outside like that final drive, which why didn't you do that in the first place if they couldn't stop Gronk? Yeah. But they, it's, it's just, I mean, I didn't really see too much of the game. Cause I had like a lot of stuff, I had to go to a funeral and I had to do other things. But the, the parts I did see is it just seemed like they straight up dominated us on all three phases. Pretty much. It was just one I of mean, those days. It wasn't a great game. I think they'll play better at home. 
I mean, it reminds me of a couple years ago when we played against the Eagles and like they scored like a touchdown and like every, like like on special teams, offense and defense, and we like turned the ball what, what three times and still had a chance to tie it. Yeah, but we just made we just made too many mistakes that we lost to Chip Kelly. How did we lose to Chip Kelly? We lost to Chip Kelly. <laughs> His teams How were okay. Mm-hmm. That's um, how they stopped playing ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he. He should never have gone to coach San Francisco. That was stupid. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, no, that was, uh, that was, that was interesting. It really looked like last week or like this, this past Sunday, the, the Bills game that they really like, it was just a kind of back and forth, back and forth. And then they kind of blew it out right at the end. Right. But it was a close game for about a good like 45 minutes there. I was getting worried. I was yeah, especially the um, pick six. I was like, "Oh, Brady, that was a bad throw," and then it got returned. Like, and I had like this sixth sense of like it was that something like that was about to happen because I think he threw like a ball that nearly got that that yeah. nearly got intercepted, and then like a couple plays later, boom, returned, gone. Yeah, you can almost feel it. You know, because he's man. throwing interceptions in the last three games, which is but not he's, normal. He's get, well, he's. Oh, well, he didn't really get pressured this game, but throughout this season, though, I'm I'm really concerned about the offensive line. They're like they've given up a lot more sacks, like up up to this point than they had like all year. Yeah, and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, like kind of came up with, like kind of like a, a blueprint, like playing it straight up and then trying to get that four man rush, and they were they were succeeding. Like they're not really known for their pass rush, but right. they were getting to Brady, and the offensive line just has been bullied like some like in some of these matchups against these like uh, these stronger lines like did you see the like the one in like San Diego with not, it's not oh, oh crud it's not San Diego anymore it's the Los Angeles LA. Chargers wow <laughs> I still I'm never gonna be used to that guys they never. still suck it doesn't matter yeah I was gonna <laughs> say it's not like the city does not matter <laughs> you can take the you can take the Chargers out of San Diego but you can't take the San Diego out of the Chargers there you so, go um, but when you have guys like, um, you know, the guy that has like the rocker name, uh, as we discussed last time, like Joey Bosa and Joey uh, other Bosa. guys that can, that, that are actually gifted and like pressuring a quarterback. Um, when you look at the history, the, the Patriots have struggled against teams like that. The Giants twice because they were able to do that. Um, up until like towards the end of the third quarter of last year's Super Bowl. Atlanta was known for doing that. Right. If they if they weren't so gassed, then we wouldn't have been able to pick them apart. Yeah. But they were getting that Brady the entire time. And guess what? That was a pick six that probably would have like ended the game if like for every for if it was get against any other team that wasn't the Patriots. So yeah. I agree. I think they would have given up, and I think that that shows their character a lot, and I think it shows how well they were coached. And yeah. I, I, I've read how well they conditioned because. They were not gassed. Yep. You know, and I think that's something year to year that you always see with that team. They have some games during the season where they throw out a stinker here or there, you know, but generally I, I, I always feel like they're pretty well prepared for who they meet in that yeah. game. Maybe that was their game from the beginning. You know, look, we're gonna we're gonna take a bunch of body blows and we're gonna wear them down and and mm. you know <laughs> back but, in the fourth uh, quarter, but still twenty eight three.
so I want to build on that. Like, I want you to take me on like a a journey ride through your emotions and your thoughts um, from when it got the twenty eight to three, and then when it got to the completely opposite us and us like raising that Lombardi trophy, just kind of take me on like a little field trip of what you was feeling. Cause with me, I was like really wanting to give up and everything. But for some reason, I just, I just just kept on watching the game because I just, I just wanted something to hang my hat to. I just want us to at least score a touchdown and just be able to watch that support my team that way. Let's at least score a touchdown. Let's get on the board that way. So take me on like a field trip of your, of your emotions, your thoughts from that, that, um, that night, Chris. Well, I'll tell you that that game is that was I've seen a lot of football in my time. That was probably the greatest football game I've, I've ever seen. Obviously, it ended up in, in our favor, but yeah, I, I I watched and you know they started getting behind and and then they started getting behind and I didn't get too discouraged because I just felt New England was the better team. I thought that their playoff experience, you know, would be a huge uh, boost to them, kind of regardless of what happened. Because Atlanta had never been there before, and that is that is a factor generally. Yeah, and Atlanta has a very young team, and um, so anyway, as they kept getting behind more and more, you know, I started getting more and more like, oh come on, you know, and and um, when you got discouraged, yeah, <laughs> I did get discouraged, and then when the pick mm-hmm. six happened, that was when I kind of went, ah, you know, I never, I will, I can honestly say, I never turned the TV off. But I started paying attention to it less. I decided to do things yeah. like, I think I'll sort my socks. You know, yeah, so, yeah. so I went that, like into the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, because I because I tell you though, like after that pick six, that was like close. That was like pretty much closing like the end of the first half, and that like single handedly like made me not enjoy the halftime show with Lady Gaga. Right. Yeah, I, I did not actually play, like, watch like, commercials or anything. And like, I had it on my. Yeah. You know. My thought was, and I think, yeah, early in the third quarter, I believe Atlanta scored again, right? And I think that's when they made it 28-3. At that point, all I thought of was, yeah, just score a touchdown. I didn't want them to look bad. You know, I didn't want them to look bad. So I thought, well, if they could score a couple of touchdowns, they'll, they'll, they're going to lose the game. But at least they'll make it interesting. And people yeah, will put up a fight. fight. Yeah, they'll put up a fight. And, you know, and because I knew everyone would be calling for Brady's head. After that one, yeah, you know? he's he's old. It's time to hang him up, right? Know? And so, yeah, and so then they like kind of scored once, and then they scored twice, and you know, I was watching it, and I, I honestly, I didn't, you know, I I I stopped sorting socks <laughs> in the in the fourth quarter about halfway through when it looked <laughs> when it was starting to get close. I think I was down by eight is when I was really like. Hey, they, you know, and that was when Atlanta got the ball back and they marched down the field in like three plays. Yeah. And then they threw to, um, uh, Jones Julio there. And, and when he caught that one too, I was like, all right, well, they, they did good. That's, that's the one crazy catch that you need to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Right. And then what happened after that? There was like a sack and two it was, penalties, it was, right? Pushed him back out of, yeah. Push. Was it was it like a strip sack or something? From, yeah, it was uh, a strip sack. High tower, high tower. Yeah, yeah. A strip, strip sack. sack, and then there were two from, ten ten yard penalties that pushed them back even further. 
Oh, that was a that was a separate like uh, office of possession they had. Like there was a strip sack, they be scored. That's right. And oh, then, that's right. And You're then, right. My then bad. they got backed up. Like they're still like, okay, we can probably still seal it if we get in field goal range, kick a field goal, and the penalty, like the the sack, and then the, and then the penalties like got them like you know out of it and whatnot. So right, because there was two separate times that they were kind of right on the brink yeah. of probably wrapping yeah. it up. But when they backed him up, and then Julio caught it, and then like there was a penalty, and then, yeah, so it was yeah, it was a weird crazy. exchange. It was just weird. I remember a sportscaster talking one time about games like that, and he said there's certain times when you can just see like it's almost like they sprinkled pixie dust on the team. You just kind of know, you know, you see it happening, and it's like everything comes together. Like when was the last that time you saw a team get two? Um, two point conversions in a row. In a row. It, that almost never happens, you know. But they did. Mm-hmm. They pulled it off. And then that catch that Edelman made. That, that jewel. That that jewels catch, man. I've got a picture of it. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I you know it was just once that stuff started happening, I was just I was like they they're gonna win this game. They're yep. gonna win this game because Atlanta then got back on their heels. You know, mm-hmm. Atlanta was celebrating on the sideline. You could see the owner and his wife, and they were, you know, had their arms up and all that stuff. And when all of that started to turn, it would have started to were, go against that's them. That's when they took away that birthday cake. Yeah, you know, that they already lit. I, I think that's what happened. I think mentally, it really did affect them, and they they started to look at it differently. You know, we could actually lose this game. You know. I remember at one point during that, because uh, D and I watched it together, uh, we we both got pretty upset. And I remember, I think, didn't we, like, step outside at one point and we talked about it for a few minutes? Wow. Yep. And, 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 I, and, then, I, and then plus, there's a running joke. We, plus, we, there's... That's the running joke that my girlfriend thought she was like bad luck. So every time she kept stepping out, that's me. That's when you did ah. something positive. So she, <laughs> so she thought she was a jinx, like the the whole time. But it was the same sort of thing where we were like, you know what? It, it's it's cool. Where we had a great season. Yeah, we still get to watch our team play in the Super Bowl. Let's just enjoy the rest of this game. We know it's not going to go well. It's cool, and then we both kind of like settled down, and that was right, right, kind yeah. of at the point where it started to turn, and well, uh, just absolutely nuts. Yeah, and then I think you know, for me, what, like I said, that stuff never happened. The two conversions were really what, what really made me, made me really believe. And then, yeah, and then as soon as it's like, wow, it's going to overtime now, and when they won that toss. I knew. You knew so it was the over. Game is you over. Knew it was over. They're not going. Atlanta isn't going to see the ball again because there's just no way that they're going to be denied now. There just isn't any way, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, I just, I still am in disbelief. I still am in disbelief. And, that was, and you know, before that Super Bowl game, I was not a fan of James White. I wasn't like I thought he was just like yeah, you know, I thought he was just you know. May taking up a roster spot because I just really, at first like his game because yeah. like I was more for like um um De- like uh, Deion Lewis and um and the Garrett Blunt like right. I, I was more of those guys I just thought like he was just like a like just a third wheel but I tell you at, when he played and he could contribute to like all those points 
What did he contribute to? Like what? What did he contribute to? Like maybe like sixteen points or something? More no, than that? More than that? He scored three touchdowns. Yeah, like 20, he scored three okay, touchdowns. I think one of the two point conversions, right? Yeah. He, he, okay. I, I remember reading a graphic about it. Actually, when I went, to, I went to Gillette Stadium last uh, February with my brother. After the Super Bowl, we went, and um, they had all James White's statistics in there and that jersey that he wore. And uh, I couldn't believe how many points were attributed to him. Something like eleven catches and yeah, three touchdowns and yeah, whatever. But somebody he, had like twenty, like what, what six, six, like so, what, like twenty, so twenty, twenty-two points yeah. or something. Yeah. He kept catching passes out of the backfield and making them run around. The thing about him is Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a particularly gifted runner per se. You know, one, though, is he's really tough and he's hard to get on the ground. But he's willing to accept that role, the role that, like, Kevin Falk had. And I'm trying Uh, to think of some other ones. You always got to have one like that. You know, yeah. Our system always needs a guy like that. He he said in an interview, he goes, if they use me for one play, fine. If they use me for 20 plays, fine. I'm ready. And uh, and I think in this day and age, in that sport particularly, how many teams do you hear? Hey, you know, throw me the ball more. You know, you don't, you know. I think I think he's unselfish. And like, uh, was he gonna be like Keyshawn Johnson? Give me the damn ball. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Booking, book included. <laughs> yeah, and I think in New England they'll probably send you packing if that's your attitude. Because um, one of the things I like about their team is everyone plays. You know, pretty shoot, much. Even if shoot, shoot, even if you're like. Even if you're like their one of their best players on a team, they will still like trade you somewhere. Like I mean, look, exhibit A, Jamie Collins. Right. Yeah. Like, well if you don't buy Cassie, into the system, you won't they weren't you won't stay. Ca- Cassius Marsh, he like he was play he played like about half the season. They're like, um, okay. He's not really what we need. Cut. Who they cut um it was a safety. Lawyer Malloy. Lawyer No, he was a he was a cornerback. They cut Lawyer Malloy, but they also cut Oh, no, no. Loya Malloy, you're right. Yeah, because it was right before the beginning of the season. Yeah, it was like a tie law. No. Loya Malloy, they cut yeah. right. And they, second game and he played season, for the, cut it. Yeah, he paid, he played for, for the Bills after that. Yeah. Yeah, and they, that was, that was the year where we lost to them 31 to nothing the first game of the season. Yeah. <laughs> and then went 14 to two and beat them 31 to nothing at the end of the year. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a Saturday game. I remember that. <laughs> that was fantastic. 2003, mm-hmm. man. Wow, really? That was that was 2003. Mm. Yo, you know the thing about it. Let's put it in perspective. Who is like who's Brady throwing to right now? He's throwing to Danny Amendola, um, Chris Hogan. Well, you know he's been inactive. Rob Gronkowski, James White, um, Jacob Hollister, um, Brandon Cooks, um, Philip Dorsett. And um, Kenny Britt, who we recently acquired, that's that is a lot. That's a lot more talent than who we start out throwing to. David Givens, David yeah. Patton, Jermaine right. Wiggins as our as our, as our talent. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Wiggins. Oh man, J.R. Redman. J.R. Redman. They caught all kinds of passes in that Super An- Bowl. Antoine Smith running the ball. Antoine. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Falk back we, then. Kevin Falk was Kevin the Falk. lead runner. Man, we came. We don't came a long way. <laughs> don't forget. Don't forget about Rashad Caldwell, though. Oh with my those, gosh, with those, with those starry eyes. The less we talk about, the less we talk about the 016, the better. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was uh, just kind of a like. I really want to get the D- the DVD and rewatch that game because 
it was just like an experience. Yeah. Like, I have a game. game. Like, like it's, it's, it's the, the UK, UK version, version, but I have, I have like the full the full, the full uh, sequence of the game. game. Yeah, yeah. You you drop you put it on the Google Drive. Yeah, and you did. Mm-hmm. I I am legit gonna sit down and actually watch it at some point. I know. I was waiting for you because I've been wanting to watch it like ten times over. Like. Right. <laughs> I've been wanting to watch it at least ten times over by, by, by now. <laughs> I've watched it a few times. I still can't believe mm. it. But yeah, okay. But, uh, I'll take man. it. <laughs> okay, Dad. So, um... Oh, the initiation time. Oh, what am I going to do? Is there an initiation? Ah, uh, kind of. Is it like the um, cheese initiation? No. No, okay. The what initiation? The chief's initiation. When I made chief in the Coast Guard, oh. you go through initiation. Oh, no. I had to dress up, make a costume. They have a um, they have a mock trial with a judge. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds intense. Oh, yeah. They throw food at you. They do all kinds of stuff. I had to sit in an electric chair. Other stuff I can't mention. Electric chair? Huh? I had to sit in an electric Good chair. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm still laughing about the the, uh, the story that Dan's told me, like, with your, your time there about the about the whole intercom thing. Intercom? <laughs> People this? make announcements and stuff. Oh, was that Siemens <laughs> 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 Please yeah. tell that story. Oh, oh man. <laughs> there was this really old lady who was the CO, commanding officer, Uh-oh. secretary. She was like in her 80s. This woman in you the summertime. lady, man. This, yeah, this woman in the summertime would have a space heater underneath her desk. You know, when people go up to, to see the CO and she'd be there with a, with a blanket and a space heater. That's how old she was. Anyway, so mm-hmm. she didn't understand a lot of stuff. So people would call up there and say, hey, can you make an announcement over the PA system? And like one thing or another would be like, yeah, semen stains. Because, you know... <laughs> You know, in the Coast Guard, we have semen apprentice or, you know, semen that's a rank. You know, we're a sea service. And so, she would announce it. It's a rank, okay. So, we're all lined up like an inspection or something. And and, uh, and she announces this over the entire unit. Just stuff like that. People would think of creative things to ask her to say over the PA without getting busted. You know, oh, man, it was crazy. Another time, um, another time we had... We were working in the middle of the night. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And this loudspeaker, you could hear all over the surrounding neighborhoods. It was really loud. And about three o'clock in the morning, a guy got on there and just grabbed the loudspeaker and started singing La Bamba. Remember that song? La Bamba? (laughs) (laughs) Over it, you know, and and neighbors called and complained. And they're like, we don't want to hear La Bamba coming through our bedroom window. (laughs) Three o'clock in the morning, we got in trouble. Anyway. Oh man! Yeah, but, um, well, we could tell Coast Guard stories all night, but but yeah, um, but like, or what we try to do, like, I guess our initiation is like whenever we have somebody new come on the show, okay, we try to ask them like, since this is like uh, loosely a sports you know podcast, we want to uh, ask the person. Well, we we mostly talk about sports, and then like we like may trail off somewhere else, but wherever our minds decide to take us. But in this case, we. We try to ask people like, "Hey, how did you get into sports, and how did you become a sports fan yourself? Like, what what events or what people or influences like led you in the path of being the sports fan that you are known for today?" Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's um, it's been a life lifelong passion for me. I guess you know when I was a kid growing up in the in the Boston area. 
there was sports everywhere, you know? I mean, the good thing about growing up in Boston is there's always something in season, you know? We have Red Sox, we have the Bruins, we had the Celtics, we had, uh, the, what am I missing? We had the Patriots, we had, anyway. Hey, did you have Dan Aykroyd um, during the basketball season yeah, we with, had, uh, for that Celtic pride? Yeah, we had that too. You know? <laughs> but there was always something going on. And at different times in my life, you know, when I was really young, I really liked hockey. And I emulated those stars, you know. I wanted to be Bobby Orr when I grew up or, or whatever. And then it was the Red Sox and then the Patriots, you know. I mean, so it was always kind of flowing through my life. I remember riding in a car with my my father and we could hear Johnny Most on the on the radio in the car describing a Celtics game. You know, I mean, and this oh, guy wow. was something else, you know. And so it kind of built this interest for me. Um, you know, it was something I shared with my dad. So, you know, um, my dad took me to see the Patriots play, the Boston Patriots play. Oh, in so is that with... Oh, is that the one with the logo of the Patriot hiking the football? Pat Patriot, that's right. Because um, I, I love that. I love yeah. that logo. It was 1967. We went to Fenway Park. Fenway. 67? Wait, it was at, wait, the football game was at Fenway? Yeah, the Patriots, their first couple of years wow. in the league, they played in Fenway, and then they played in, was it Harvard Stadium? Or I think so. Northeastern yeah. Stadium before they, before they built um, Sullivan Stadium. So anyway, my dad took me to Man. see the Boston Patriots play the Houston Oilers in 1967. Ooh. I saw Gino Capaletti play. And mm. uh, one of the guys that played on that team is a sportscaster now. I forget his name. Anyway, um, I was a little kid, you know. And what I remember most about that game was just sitting there with my father and seeing these men run out on the field. They were the biggest people I ever saw in my life. I couldn't believe just, they were they were real in these big red jerseys, you know. And, and just crashing to each other. other. Yeah, it was, it was <clears throat> excuse me. It was really good, you know. Anyway, great experience. And then in the summertime we went to see the Red Sox play, you know, and I saw Kanye Stremski. And I saw, you know, all the great stars back then, but I can remember I can remember sitting in the stands with my dad and he would tell me about people that he saw play when he was younger. And you know, my dad saw Ted Williams play in Fenway Park. You what? know? Yeah. And he told me that Ted Williams would always keep the bat on his shoulder until he had two strikes against it. He wouldn't even take the bat off his shoulder until he had two strikes. Wow. And stuff like that. He goes, he would just stand there because he knew, you know, and stuff and Yo, I'm being enriched by like I'm being like you know treated to like an enriched history like right now with every word that you speak right now and like I'm just, just I'm just like grateful of that like like this is like a blessing just being able to hear like this rich history already from what you're speaking so yeah um, was, thank you for that so keep well, going <laughs> I'm just you know I was just lucky to grow up in, in that area you know I, I always felt bad for people that that came from places in the country that didn't have a lot of you know like that I mean sports to me is like um, it connects people, you know, it can, it can connect people from different cultures or from people, different social status or whatever to, to have one common, you know, common ground. You know, you can go to a game and sit next to somebody who has nothing in common with you, but for a few hours and an afternoon, you can all share one thing. You know what I mean? Hmm. I like that. But anyway, so my dad took me to games, uh, 
you know, now and again, and I, and I have a vivid memory uh, of my dad letting me stay up till 12.38 a.m. in the morning in 1975 to see Carlton Fisk hit that home run off the left pole in Fenway Park. I saw it. Man, man yeah. he let you stay up on a school night? Yeah. He did. Yes. My mother was not happy with him. But he was not going to send me to bed, not when we sat through like 27 hours of this game. <laughs> you know, and just... Stuff like that was 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 always in me. I really enjoyed. I really connected with with the team and with the city. And, Did you say um, twenty seven hours? <laughs> that game was a long game. It was like thirteen thirteen. It went to like thirteen fourteen innings. Thirteen fourteen right? and it ended at twelve thirty eight a.m. Okay. Man, but um, you know, and then when I was a teenager, I joined the Coast Guard and moved away. You know, and so okay. I moved, I moved away from my home. And then, you know, it became even more important to me because that was my connection with my home was I lived in Kodiak, Alaska, 6,000 miles away. And I could turn on the TV and watch the New England Patriots now play a game. And and I watched the 1986 World Series (laughs) that horrible year. But I mean, I watched all those games from my living room in Kodiak, Alaska. And to me, that was my connection because... Through my military career, I was always traveling, you know, and stuff. And, wow. And dragging my kids along with me, you know, <laughs> and stuff. And um, so then I got to share those moments with my kids, make my my son and my daughter, you know, and, and stuff. And I yeah. hoped I could at least instill that in, in, into them yeah. to some degree. And, and it's interesting that you say that because, like, the relationship that you have uh, with your son, Dan, is it's almost about – it's almost like a mirror, like, to, like – uh, my relationship I have my dad like my my late dad he he loved like his Dodgers uh I think he liked them back when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers he loved his Dodgers he loved his Rams he he, uh, he loved his 76ers yeah and, and uh, sometimes every time it's like uh like and he instilled in me like getting uh, his um I guess just keeping track of like you know the teams and whatnot. So there's there was times where I was like actually keeping track of some of his players like more more than he was. Like, hey, <laughs> he used to play for your hey, he used to play for your team, but now he's playing for them, man. And, and it was just it was just great. Like uh, uh, just just being the ha- able to have those experiences with him. So yeah, I, I totally like um um can understand where, where you're coming from on that. So. It was real great that we got to this week. We got to sit and like have a football Sunday and sit and watch football together because it's yeah. been it, we probably watched, not since I was in high school. Really, you know, we watched two or three games this weekend and it was great because you know that's, I usually sit uh, in here. I great. come up in in my little man cave and close the door and sit here by myself and watch games and I'll text Dan, you know, and stuff or or whatever. But it's just not the same, you know. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think that's what it is. You know, my dad passed on. You know, his thoughts on, on things, like I was saying. You know, he saw Ted Williams play, saw Bill Russell. Um, and then I got to, you know, sit here with my with my kid. And, you know, I took Daniel to Fenway Park and, and to Gillette Stadium because I wanted him to see those places, you know. And, and Look, uh, we watched. I'm, I'm really happy that Dan and I sat and watched the Red Sox win a World Series, you know, together. And... What year was the first? Was it 07? No. 04. 04. I'm sorry. 04. 04. And then we, we watched the Patriots win a Super Bowl in Kodiak in 2001. I remember that, yeah. It, you know, in Alaska of all places. When I, you know, it's just, that's to me is what it is. And I would hope someday if he has kids, he'll pass on his 
thoughts on mm-hmm. the games and, and stuff like that. Because you know you you know what's amazing? The Patriots' first Super Bowl win was called by John Madden and Pat Summerall. Oh, when yeah. they, like when did like their last like pairing together for a Super Bowl? It was yeah. yeah. I don't like what the Patriots are doing right now. I think they ought to just play for overtime. <laughs> we were all sitting there going, just shut up, because they always lose in overtime. <laughs> play for overtime. They sent in a kid, Tom Brady, with big cojones and just let him do whatever the hell they wanted to do. And, and that's what Drew Bledsoe told said, him. Hey, kid, sling it. Sling it, kid. Do whatever you think sling is right. Sling it. Don't listen to them, you know. <laughs> um. What are you, who? Uh, what team are you the, uh, a fan of the longest? Right, right now. Probably, I see it's tough because I I did all. I I would have to say probably the Red Sox only because okay. When I was a kid, baseball was everything. You know, yeah. the Patriots were the laughing stock of the league. You know, like the what nineteen ninety ones like one in fifteen. Even before that, they were terrible. You know, oh, I mean, like more terrible than one in fifteen. Well, I, I guess they were just a very, um, you know, I don't think they were well coached. They were an expansion franchise. They had a shitty, they had a, they had a shitty stadium. You know, one of the things that my dad told me one time was life before the Patriots. He told me when he was a young man in his twenties or thirties or whatever, he goes, if we wanted to see football, we drove to New York and we watched the Giants play. And I was like, well, why didn't you? He used to go to Giants games. And I was like, well, why didn't you watch the Patriots? And he goes, there were no Patriots. You know, so he must have been talking in the 1950s, I'm thinking. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah, there would have been, yeah. The, the New York football Giants. So, wow. yeah, when I was oh. young, the Patriots sucked. They were the laughing stock of the league. And I tell Dan, you have no idea. <laughs> you know, you've lived pretty much your whole life with a competitive team, more than competitive. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I grew up with Drew Bledsoe being our franchise quarterback. Like that was my first franchise quarterback for for that team. Like Drew Bledsoe, right? I was, I grew up, I was a Drew Bledsoe fan first before a Brady fan. <laughs> but they were even at least good and respectable in those years. Yeah, during yeah. the Bledsoe years. Dude, him and Terry Glenn, man. That's right. And ben, that's when things ben started Colt, to change. People started to ben believe. Colts, Robert Edwards, before he played in that, like, um, the, that Hawaii um, um, All-Star Weekend um, flag football game, like, tearing up his knee and never being the same. You know, that stuff like that. There's a, there's a lot to take away from that stuff, even if the team isn't contending. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I remember when I was a kid, you could you could – you could go into Boston for twenty five cents and 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 go to the go to the, they used to have a lot of a lot more day games then you know yeah you'd go to Fenway and get in for like two bucks and sit in the bleachers and watch the game you know and it's like wow I saw Hank hmm. out Hank, uh, Hank I, Aaron I saw Hank Aaron play in Fenway Park Word. you know and, oh, man. And, and I remember as a kid we went to watch a game uh, with our uh, little league team you know and and uh, we were right by where the bullpen is now. You know, and I remember just like you could just you could look like right into the dugout and stuff. And I just remember sitting there thinking, "Wow, you know, Babe Ruth sat in there. You know, Ted Williams sat in there. Yeah, it was just there was always something to take from it, even if the team wasn't contending. You go and watch a really good pitcher just throw an awesome game, you know, or Mm -hmm. or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it's different now. Sports is big money and. and security. It, it's it's <laughs> so much. It's much more now about like the TV experience. Yeah, which is why all the games are at night. And, yeah, you know, there's cameras everywhere, and 
you know, the state, they price everybody out of going to the stadiums, basically. Yeah. Um, oh, it's true. Cause it's like, mean, yeah. Well, may I say, may I say that I just like one of my the big uh, one of my favorite nicknames is the Big Bambino. <laughs> I just love yeah, that Bambino. Man. I just I always love that. Wait, can you can you see him? Can you see him? Oh, that's oh, that's the Bambino. Yeah. Now, if you look, that's a rare picture because that's him with a Red Sox uniform one. That was before he he sold his soul to the devil and was and was traded to the Yankees. And before he cursed the franchise. Yeah. Well, that curse is dead. It's, it's been dead now. But yeah, that's that's I, one of the reasons why I got that picture is because it's really rare. That was when he was a pitcher. Yeah, he was a great pitcher for Boston. For uh, hey, uh-oh. and they were just like, well, it's not like he's going to have a great career. We'll just send him to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Traded for Man. Broadway money. Broadway, yes. No, no, Nana. That was the name of the play. Hey. Oh, Mike, I have my question to you, Chris. Um, tell me, do you still have that remote? And if so, do you still have that cheerleader on there? Oh. <laughs> I, that was Lori uh, uh, Baranski. And she was a head patriot. She, actually, I've got a brand new TV in this room, and I got a brand new remote system. So that remote is actually downstairs right now. We still own it. But uh, it's is not that still one. set as the background? I'll have I'll have to look. That's Lori Baranski. You can look her up. She was the Patriots' lead cheerleader. Is, is the is the image still in that remote? I think so. I'll have to go and look. <laughs> that was like, like, I bet I, it I, is. When I went <laughs> there back reset. in back in 2010, when when we when we went there that that huh. week, like it's got to be like probably like my best like uh, one of my best like vacations I've ever had in my life. Um, pizza rolls. Cause we fed you pizza rolls. That's <laughs> I still got a big well, bag there waiting for you, man. It's got okay. like 72 I, pizza rolls in, in the bag. I'll, I'll take that. But like, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that any day, man. But I tell you, like, eating pizza rolls and being able to sleep in that, like, that Boston shrine, man. Like, I just feel, It's better like, now. I, I got more stuff in here now. I was going to say, yeah. You got to stop winning rings or else... I got my run room. out of room. Like, if I... Room. like. If if I could choose a place to die at, like I, I would, I would choose your, I would choose like that shrine of a room there. Oh, man, that I, I could wanna, die happy, a happy man. I, I don't want to die in this room, and it's actually probably more likely. <laughs> we have another game like last week, <laughs> right, 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 or the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, so I, see, uh, the problem now is that for the rest of our like sports watching lives, yeah, we're gonna be watching like a football game or whatever, and they're gonna be down. 21 to 3, yeah. 28 to 3. Well, you know, this one time in the Super Bowl, That's they were right. down by four touchdowns and they came back. And so, you know, like, good luck. Never turn again. the TV off. But, you know, like, it's never going to happen again. But I tell you what, I, my, uh, my humble opinion here, I don't think we're ever going to be subjected. We're, we're never going to have a, a, a more thrilling game than that no, in our lifetime. No, no, I don't think so. Either. No, People no, are going to talk never. about that. Never, ever. My this son, something I, that's something I could tell my great grandkids about. Right. Like I, I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. My um, brother went to a, friend, a very close friend to his house to watch that Super Bowl, and these people spared no expense. They had they had catered food and anything you could possibly want to drink, and they invited like fifty people over there to watch this game on the big TV. And he said by halftime, I think about early third quarter, because it was a Sunday night, people started leaving. 
And at the mm-hmm. wow. and by and within an hour, everyone was gone. My brother even left. My brother was the second last people left. He went and he went home. And during the drive home was when they started coming back. <laughs> so, oh, so he he you gets about, home. The guy, was, pass, the guy was texting him while he was driving home. <laughs> you suck. How can you leave me? <laughs> And then he got home and ended up watching the, the rest of the game alone on his TV. This guy, ah, uh, um, Big Tim was his name, my brother's friend, Big Tim. Anyway, yeah, he ended up watching the game alone, pretty much alone. Um, you know, after all his company left, and I always felt like really bad about that, but I can understand. I probably wouldn't want to sit there either. But. Yeah. Ugh. It's always because I remember in college we had a big party for the 2011 Super Bowl, the, the, the second one they lost to the Giants, and oh. <laughs> I I really try so hard to not be that guy at a party. Yeah, but I got really upset, and I definitely like I didn't leave, but I went in my room and like closed the door, oh <laughs> just my. sat in there by myself really? for a while. <laughs> I kid you not. That, I, I uh, punched a door jam and almost broke my hand that night. Oh my so god! Upset. Really? There was other stuff going on in my life at that point. That you're was, like, um, oh, who left the Super Bowl? Because he said his kid was being a brat. Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Dang. <laughs> I forgot about that. That he left because in the when they beat Seattle, he was right there with Tommy, you know, and stuff. And yeah. Like, oh well, I left. <laughs> Oh, wow. Super Bowl 46, I, um, when we lost, I kind of went to the bathroom, and I kind of was, like, on my knees on the floor. I kind of cried a little bit. <laughs> and and Super Bowl 42, like, I was, it was back when we were downstairs. I walked upstairs and just kind of, like, just sat, like, just sat, like, by myself or something. And I, I could feel, like, somebody, like, maybe, like, calling to taunt me or something like that. Yeah. So as soon as the phone rung, I I picked up the phone and closed it back down. Oh, I, I didn't want I didn't want, I I didn't want, want nothing yeah. to do because like that's gotta be damn. like the biggest loss I've ever seen and probably will ever witness like the loss of the undefeated season. Like my my idea is if if we were able as, as Patriots fans were able to withstand like that big of a loss, the biggest loss in like NFL history and still be come out as Patriot fans still, no one can ever question our fandom. Yep. And like and I'll never forget like my dad like trying to go upstairs um after the the Super Bowl 42 loss. He was like, Yeah, it's just uh, just checking to make sure you didn't hang yourself or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh that's hardcore. Because he knew how big of a loss that was. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a big one, but we've erased that now. It's okay. And yeah. It's going to be a long time before the Giants are like even a yeah. minor league yeah, team but again. I, but I can completely erase it once we beat the Giants in a darn Super Bowl. Yeah, that's when I can fully erase it. No thanks. <laughs> I'm cool with never watching another Giants Patriots Super Bowl ever again. No, I do have I do have similar feelings where it's like even as shitty as the Giants are now, I always think, well, we don't want. We don't I don't want them to sneak into no, the playoffs. No, we don't want them. And the same, I feel kind of the same thing about Seattle, too. I'm like, eh. Yeah. You know, I just... Because that game was another one of those where it was like, oh. I went to bed and turned it off for about 10, 15 <laughs> minutes. And then Megan came upstairs and said... Megan, my daughter, was watching it downstairs and said, they just... They were about to score. And I went, what? And I turned it on. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, maybe they have a chance. Yeah, you know, they... they uh, should have run it with Lynch. Anyway. They should have. 
That's why he. That's why he retired for like a year because he didn't. He didn't like the politics there, and then he went back and played for the Raiders, and he was having fun again. So, too bad they're not really that great of a team, though. I think <laughs> the same thing happened the other night. Uh, was on the news, didn't they? Was it Lynch? They said. It was it was a point of the game that the Raiders were playing in that they needed to run into the end zone and oh god and they didn't give it oh. to them and they go why oh, is that when uh, just... Derek is that when like uh, uh, Derek Carr yeah um, he he like he rolled out looked like he was trying to throw but then he tried to scrap he had the first down but then he dove and he like basically just pushed the ball like out of bounds and for a touchback yeah <laughs> everybody was saying game. why didn't they just give it to Lynch. <laughs> That dude can't buy a touchdown. Oh, no. yeah. I don't know. That's funny. So, uh, next. Okay. So, let's go on to like a, another topic here. We, we're about to witness some history this Sunday, hopefully. One more game to go, man. The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Oh, Who they 16. play this week? Oh, and 16, yeah. They're playing, I think, Pittsburgh, right? Oh, gosh. Wait. Okay, hold on. Let me let me verify. Yeah, they it, are. It is, it is the last game of the season against, is against yeah. Pittsburgh. So, Pittsburgh and will can probably you, Can you imagine, though, if, if somehow Cleveland wins that game? <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> well, tell you what. If you want to make a bunch of money, you can bet on it. The, Put some money down on that. Right. The, the just the level after what's happened the last couple of weeks the level of butt hurt from Pittsburgh fans yeah I guess oh, man. <laughs> I guess they really wouldn't lose playoff seating because of that because they've clinched a first round bye but yeah, still ja- I, I think that's kind of weird though I guess because they well because they have like more wins in Jacksonville but remember Jacksonville obliterated them early yeah. in the season so they if, if Jacksonville won their their wild card game and uh Let's see the the lowest level, uh, the lowest seating. Mm-hmm. Let's see, lowest seating would play like would play the Patriots. The the highest seed would play like the the number two seed. So we yeah. could possibly see a Jacksonville Pittsburgh game. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean Roethlisberger threw what like five interceptions that game. Well, and who's New England likely to play in the first round? Kansas City. If the Ravens make it in as a six seed, it'll probably be the Ravens if they win. No, no it's gonna be Kansas City. I don't want to look at Kansas City again either. Kansas City because like Kareem Hunt, like we we owe them a beating. Yeah. That was embarrassing. But uh <laughs> but briefly on the Browns, um what's kind of funny about that is that that report that came out that when the Patriots decided that they had to trade Jimmy G, they specifically were like, We gotta do right by this kid by not trading him to Cleveland. Yeah. That was part of the deal. Let's let's get him somewhere with an actual and I mean, it's pretty sad cuz it's not like San Francisco's been much better of late, but they've been they've won every game since uh that Jimmy G has started. 5 in a yep. row, right? Something like that, 4 in a row, but, 5 in a row. But even that, even the dysfunction of San Francisco, they were like that is a better landing spot for him than Cleveland. <laughs> but so so why did they trade um uh, Jamie Collins of Cleveland. <laughs> did they not like Jamie Collins? <laughs> I guess they didn't like him as much as Jimmy G. And I mean, he is he is an older an older guy too. And he did sign an extension with them. I want to say after he got there. Yeah, and it's also because of the high dra- uh, You know, whatever round mm. they got for him. Yeah, it's going to be high. You but know, it, if it was a second rounder, did, or whatever they got. didn't he tear his meniscus? 
this year, or no, his MCL or something. Yeah, he tore his like his MCL and he's missing the rest of the season. Yep, I think so. Yeah, yep. Sucks. See the guy that was smoking the fake ganja? No, that was Chandler Jones. No, all right, I get that. <laughs> Chandler, oh Jones. God, Chandler Jones. <laughs> Although he has actually been really good this year for for Arizona, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of sucks that they got rid of him, especially given that they really need pass rushers. But yeah. I tell you, I tell you, who's like one of my favorite like def, uh, defensive guys on the Patriots, Devin McCourty. He's fantastic. I, I love the McCourty, McCourty twins. Man. The McCourty twins. You know that's what they need. Like they need, um, they need Jason just to come in and like be like a, a nickel corner for us. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, um, who do you who do you think should be MVP right now? Who 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 is your uh, front runner right now? And I do stretch front runner. Because there's, I've been seeing something like I guess like on Google or something like about possibility of maybe Todd Gurley is like in the MVP race. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'm just a fantasy guy, but yeah, my my picks are Gurley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's tearing up the place right now. I think he's, I don't know. They're saying he's the front runner. I don't know how they know that, but they. Oh, I think Brady's I, I high say, up there too, and and so is. Um, I don't think Brady like, Brady's played good, but he hasn't played as great as he. He normally does so, like, and he's throwing like enough. I guess more interceptions than he should have. Yeah, I mean, it is a narrative because because so. he's a quarter because he's a quarterback. He'll he'll he's always going to be in discussion of that. But um, do you think they adjust that for age? Do you think I'm just I'm on is a curve? Yeah. Do you think they adjust it on a curve because he plays at that level at forty? I mean, mm-hmm. I wonder. You know, I mean, but I'm just thinking. Here's about the thing. But um, here's like my pick though. He's kind of slid all. Kind of slid down the the totem pole like as um as a front runner, but if he gets his team in the playoffs, I'm putting in a vote for Russell Wilson. But see, I I would have been with you, but Russ had kind of a couple of stinkers the last few weeks. Oh, the Rams one. Oh yeah, the the yeah, that that big collapse I there. I don't think you can give the MVP award to that guy. And it sucks because yeah. I love him. He's awesome. And you know, he was my fantasy ride or die and that, that week took me out of the playoffs, so I'm a little bitter. <laughs> but <laughs> me too. But uh wait, no, give it to um give it to Ezekiel Elliott because like those <sighs> six games just derail the Cowboys. Fair. I don't. He's too much of a douche. Sorry. But. Oh, no, no, no. You're talking. No, you must be talking. Well, yes, but you're probably also referring to um, his his owner, Jerry Jones. Yeah, he is too. Let, let's talk about them Cowboys, man. God, they blew it. They're out of the playoffs, man. And and how fitting was it to play a dumpster of a game for them to be eliminated and to choke at like home. they did at home against oh, not a great team. Against a against a hungry Seahawks team that somehow, some way manages to get in the playoffs. Always. Even if like half their team like like half their like best defensive players are, like out for the year or like dealing with serious injuries, they still somehow managed to, to get in the in the uh the playoffs. I mean, for crying out loud, they they were what were they, seven and nine? And got into the playoffs, and that was the the uh, yep. the yeah. legendary Marshawn Lynch game. That was the Beast when, when game. They, when they when they up yeah when they updated uh, when they uh, upset the uh, the Saints. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. And uh, Roger Goodell signed the extension, so Jerry Jones is zero and two on the season. Yeah. <laughs> man. Oh yeah. Well, that guy. 
I don't like him either. I mean, I mean, here's what here's a question though, like to you guys, do you really think like Jason Garrett actually coaches? <laughs> Is like, he just I like a figurehead? Um, probably. I mean, think think about this, like the person that would not kiss, uh, not kiss his butt, right, or worship him uh, as like a demigod, Jimmy Johnson. He did things his way. And and they won the way he wanted to, but since he would not stroke his ego, he was fired. You know, he was a good coach. And then uh, who's the guy that he hired next that won the won another Super Bowl with with the players of, of Jimmy Johnson's? Oh, I know who you're talking about Switzer Barry Switzer Barry Switzer Switzer. Yeah, who brought in uh, rapists and criminals? <laughs> yeah, who's, who's Switzer? Who's Switzer? Switzer did. He was under. He, there was a big controversy about that. Some of the players that he mm. signed. Were ones that were, I don't know, tossed out of college. They were under investigation for this and that, all kinds of shit during the, I don't even know those years, 1990s, right? Yeah, it's sort of been mid-90s. 90s. Switzer was a, not a good coach at all. But I mean, anyway, like, how many years stick has it, too uh, long? How, how many years has Garrett coached for, like, three, four years? Yeah, it's oh, like longer three. than that. He's been there for a long time. Before yeah. that, it was, what's his name? During the Romo years. Yeah. yeah, and that so, think, there for a while. Yeah, but after him, who was right before um, Gary? Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips. And one, and one before that, uh, Tuna. Tuna coached there for a little for bit, a little while, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you know Quincy Carter. <laughs> and then Drew Bledsoe played on that squad. He helped usher Romo in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor Drew. But yeah, I think you know, it's, I think it's pretty weak when the owner comes down and stands on the friggin' sideline, you know, behind the behind the coach during the game. Yeah. <laughs> do you Dan, do you remember that time you told me this it was it was like it came out like straight out Blitz the League, the video game, when Romo like got injured and went to the locker room and Jerry Jones just goes into the locker room no. to see if he like, to see if he could still go. <laughs> no, it was um it was the game where Romo had a fucked up back, and oh, the uh, back, yep. And he was on. They were on the side. The trainer was were on the sidelines, kind of working on him. And then they just showed a shot of Jerry Jones standing on the sidelines talking to some people. And then, like two plays later, Romo came back in the game. Oh, really? Oh. And that was when he had like I think like a messed up vertebrae or yeah, something. Yeah, broke a bone in his back. Yeah. Oh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then didn't he like get injured like the next game or something? And then was like sideline. Yeah, and after yeah. that, yeah, he was playing hurt, pretty hurt, and uh, definitely there. Years ago, there was this uh, football game on the Xbox called Blitz the League. Yeah, and, I remember uh, it. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was like you know kind of ridiculous over the top stuff, but you could politics. You yeah, when your players got hurt, you had the option of giving them a steroid injection on ah, the sideline ah, and shoving them back into the game. <laughs> hey, that's a little too realistic. And don't uh, worry. Help is on the way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Get in there. But, uh, yeah, it was... That game cost me five bucks on eBay, and that's, like, like the most fun I ever had. Like, for, like, the fun to, like, price ratio, that's the greatest deal I ever had. (laughs) It was a lot of money. Wow. It was. Really? But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Had Lawrence Taylor in it. 
Yeah, but see, back then it was wasn't realistic. Now it is. I was gonna say. Oh, oh tell me, uh, uh, Chris. Tell me you remember the. I know um, this is like me digressing a little bit, but tell me you remember that that one say a game I showed you, uh, Celtics versus Lakers in the NBA playoffs when it had like Larry Bird with some with that bright yellow hair. Yeah, like, I do. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and it took them like. 10 seconds to run up the court yeah. because of, you know, game programming. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. I remember that. Have you ever heard of Bill Lambeer's combat basketball? Oh, no. No, but I know he used to wear, like, he used to wear, look like he wore combat boots on the, on the <laughs> he, he didn't even know how to play, man. That guy was just a thug. He, he had he, a... a he had. He a, wore the black hat. He wore the black hat. <laughs> yeah, we, we love to play the Pistons. He had a he had a signature uh, Super Nintendo game called. Did he really combat com- basketball? Com- combat basketball. Yeah, that's pretty much how we play. <laughs> it's always gonna be. <laughs> to to be fair to like my brother is is a, a big Pistons fan, so he grew up like during like the Bad Boys and stuff. Like it was, yeah, it was Dennis Rodman, Bill Lambeer, Isaiah Thomas, original Isaiah Zeke, Thomas, um, Zeke. <laughs> Who's a guy? Uh, Vinny something. They call him a microwave. Vinny Johnson. The Vinny Johnson. Vinny Johnson. Vinny Johnson. Microwave. Because he, he heats John up Sally. Because he heats up quick. <laughs> yeah, that's why they call him that. The microwave. And John Sally. Know. It's sad that I can call out their lineup today, even still. But yeah, you remember that? That was a rivalry, man. Like, oh, think about they, that. That they that had team wars had to, with the Pistons. That team had to like had to uh, had to fight in the war zone of Celtics. Lakers and the Chicago Bulls, and I don't think they're giving enough credit for them, like them hanging in there and like trying to ha- hanging on their own, like stand, like standing strong on their own against against like that. Probably like like the best teams ever. Like <laughs> right, in the, in their their situation is kind of like now in the AFC East, where anyone who's in the AFC East, they're pretty much playing for a walk or you know they know every year, so. They are building teams to beat to beat the Patriots. You know, you gotta beat they, the Patriots. Right. Well, it was the same thing back then in the NBA. You know, the the the, the Pistons had to you figure out a way to because they were in the they were in the East Finals against the Celtics every freaking year. You know, you got you got to beat Larry. They had, to, and this is after Philadelphia trailed off. Once Dr. J retired and and Philadelphia, Ooh. it was it was the Pistons, and they had wars. And when they finally overcame the Celtics. This is one classy thing, though, I will tell you, that when they finally overcame the Celtics, I do not remember what year it was. It was right before Bird retired. Bird was hurt. Another guy was hurt. And and, and they beat the Celtics in six games at the Garden. When when the Pistons beat them and were going to the finals, everyone in the Garden stood up and and applauded them and, and started to chant, beat L.A. They, they they sent them out of the garden with their support, which I thought was <laughs> hey pretty regardless, hey beat beat LA. They didn't beat the like Lakers. LA either. Yeah, beat the Lakers. As <laughs> long as it isn't you know, as <laughs> long as the Lakers don't win, we were behind you. Make then. sure make sure our loss ain't in vain. <laughs> yeah, and those were you know, those were wars too. You know, when I was you know a young man, and that was there was a time when I had never seen um, kind of. Uh, interest in anything. People that didn't even like basketball watched that stuff because it was a classic matchup of not only, like so many things were playing, not only was it East Coast, West Coast, yeah. you know, Celtics, Lakers, but it was 
Blue, the Celtics were a blue collar team. And they, even if you looked at them, they looked like guys that maybe would almost come in with a lunch bail and just go <laughs> to work and do their job, right? And the Lakers were flash. They were LA. They were Hollywood. They were, they were flashy and fancy and two different styles, two different coasts. And they would meet and have these wars every, yeah. every year yeah. almost. I never like seen anything like that. Everyone watched and it was always good. And no it also ever, became like, it also became like a race thing too. Like, it like, was uh, a team that yeah. had a lot of white guys on it and a team that was all black, you know, or yeah. it was, it was like that. It was just so many, so many differences, you know, and uh, I remember someone on the Lakers said, well, Larry Bird would be just another player if he was black or something like that. I mean, it was just like all this stuff that, yeah. that came up, but yeah. it was some of the best basketball I have ever ever seen i mean have you seen anything better than that no the game is way no. different now way yeah. different. um i, I, I saw well, an interview with teams yeah i saw an interview <laughs> with magic johnson it was not all that long ago it was a, it was a special it was about uh johnson uh, magic johnson and larry bird's relationship their friendship. Their friendship yeah and he said that he goes no matter where we went to play he goes when we came to boston it was different he goes because the bullshit started at the airport he goes with baggage handlers throwing our bags down and saying, "You ain't gonna have no magic tonight." Fuckers. You know, like that. <laughs> Can you beep that out? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. And then it would be like in the taxi, they would get shit in the taxi cab and get shit at their hotel. And he goes, he goes. Then they would get to the Boston Garden, which was a dump, and it would smell. Place still smelled like elephant poop from the circus. <laughs> You know, and oh, he goes gosh. in their locker room, the hot water wouldn't work and they had no AC. He goes, it was just the entire city was like, <laughs> it was against us, you know, from the moment we touched out. And it was just that kind of thing. You know, it was just, just awesome to see. I'm glad I got a chance to experience it because I don't, I don't think any rivalry will ever, um, you know, equal. Really? Yeah. But but one thing you can like uh I'm oh, sorry, I apologize like not uh like me cutting you off earlier. Like I just want I guess like go the uh, the importance of like, you know, how it was like with the like the whole race thing as well. But one thing you cannot deny about the um about the Lakers, Magic Johnson's like smile. Oh yeah. Second to none smile, man. I I don't think I've I don't think I've seen a prettier smile like from that like from from but from Magic Johnson like <laughs> that smile man. Well, I like I like um I like Jennifer uh, what's her name? Jennifer <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence has a better smile than Magic Johnson <laughs> in my book. But hey, that's what I mean in terms of like an athlete though. An oh, athlete, no, he though. had a lot of charm. Yeah, I can't. He still do. I look at it now, I can't, like, hate Magic Johnson, even though he was our opponent for so many years, because I think, I think he had a lot of charisma, and he was an awesome player, and, Um, you know, what, what better credit can you give anybody than they're, than they're, you know, a formidable warrior, right? I mean, yeah, respect, and that was kind of what their relationship was, was tons of respect, just mutual respect, and, yeah, Mm -hmm. I remember watching that documentary with you, and, and, him saying that he was the first person that Magic called after he found out he, he had was AIDS. Sick. That's right. And he wrote in the in the uh, epilogue of his book. He said, "I fear no man except Larry Bird." <laughs> fear no man. <laughs> like he wait. He was the first person um, to do uh, tell do what now? Bird called Magic Johnson. Was the first person to call him when it was publicized that Magic Johnson had AIDS. 
Like, like, um, like he had, like he's a, he, he still has HIV because yeah. he has the medicine that keeps it from going to AIDS. Right. I'm you know? sorry. He doesn't have AIDS. He, he's right. HIV yeah. positive. You're right. Like AIDS, AIDS is like, yeah, you're, you're done. You're like that, that's right. when your body is just rejected. Yeah. Ugh. But people I, didn't want to up on nobody. Right. But people <laughs> didn't want to play with him because there was a lot of misinformation about that illness and stuff then. And, all oh, case the 90s. Right. And yeah. they, and I think, believe that it was even, weren't they in the Olympics then, too, that year? I think so. There was yeah. a lot of stuff about that. And, you know, yeah. Bird and was a, was a, was a huge uh, supporter of his publicly and privately. And, you know, Carl Malone wasn't. He was like, yeah, well, like, I don't right. bleeding on me and stuff and giving me that stuff. Like, he, he spoke his mind all day. He was like, uh-uh. No, that's true. But that's a lesson for all of us. You know, uh-huh. I mean, you don't have to hate somebody just because you're, you know, play against them, you know what I mean, or whatever. You can have that somebody as an opponent, yeah. or somebody who has different views, or or whatever, and not have hatred towards them. You know, I mean, mm. I don't like the Lakers. If I even see their logo, I go like, you know, eh. but I don't. You know, I respect you know the the, the people that the Celtics played against because mm. it was incredible entertainment. Okay, um, that's what it, that's my, what it's all about. My question to you, Chris, is. How do you feel about super the super team era? Like all people, like everyone, just trying to join up on one, one or two or three teams to try and win a ring. Yeah, well, that seems like where where it is right now. I mean, I don't know. I think it kind of takes away. I, I don't know. Is it, I, is it fun to know that the Warriors are going to go to the finals every year? No, not really. But you know, there was a time when the Celtics were the super team. You know. Fair. Back in the 1960s, would they win eight championships in a row or something in like 11 yeah, and 12 years yeah, or something like that? I mean, yeah, but it's not like they had Dr. J like yeah. jump ship from Philly to go and join them the, for like an easy ring. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. You're right. They, you know, I, I, Red Auerbach built those teams and he was a genius. You know, Red. Um, yeah, I don't. Red. I, I think that's why I think this should be like salary caps and that kind of stuff too. You know, I think. I think everyone should play at an even playing field. Well, the thing is, uh, now they have the the max the max salary. So like, LeBron makes the same as like the thirtieth best player in the NBA and stuff like that because the, the, there's like a maximum amount that you can make per contract. Uh, and I think that's half salary is just different from yeah. all the other part of sports. <laughs> I think that's kind of what specifically enables that in the NBA is that you have guys who say, well, literally every team is offering me the same salary, so hell yeah, I'm going to go play with Dwayne Wade, you know? Right, right. <laughs> Why not? And, and, yeah. and next year, he's going to L.A. Really? <laughs> That's what everybody's saying, that he's going to go play for the freaking Lakers. Um, we don't want the Lakers to reemerge. No. Uh, <laughs> I liked it better when they were actually, bad. Um, like, to me, like, I'm a Bulls fan, so, like, um, I'm still trying to... Uh, uh, see if we can recover from the whole Derrick Rose de- debacle and like <laughs> and Michael Jordan like leaving us and whatnot. But I mean, I, I it's weird because I'm always seeing the like I guess me growing up, I've always seen the Lakers be good. So like it's weird me seeing them bad. So I'm like, but I'm at least rooting for like uh, Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma because I think I think they're good. Uh, like I think they're good guys. Yeah. Like uh, I'm I'm starting to become like a bigger fan of Kyle Kuzma though. Because he was that guy that nobody expected to be good. Like Lonzo was, has all like he's number two pick overall, and of course he has that baggage of his dad and whatnot. But yeah. but Kyle, Kyle Kuzma is Kyle Kuzma is a guy that's like grinded. Like he was picked like twenty seven or something, and he's all, and I think he's proven that he might be better than like Lonzo Ball. 
my team. <laughs> but the, what you were saying about, about the super teams, I, I wanted to throw in also that the, yeah. the good side of that is when they get beaten. Not if oh. it's no, not if it's Patriots. But I'm saying, like, say, oh. the year the Red Sox went up against the Yankees in 2004. Yeah. And, they, and nobody expected them to win, and then they went down three games, right? They went down three mm-hmm. games, and they had to come back. And uh, what a, I'm, I mean, to be fair, though, y'all did have Jesus playing on your team, though. That's right. Johnny Damon. <laughs> and I remember them saying at that time, if the Red Sox can't win with Christ himself playing in center field, they'll never win. True. <laughs> but, no, I mean, but that that was the whole... That was the whole story right there. It wasn't because the, the Yankees field a freaking all-star team every year, just above, you know? And the Red Sox are always going to be the, the poor younger brother because it's a smaller market and they just, it's just different in Boston. They don't, and they're always trying to sign all the same players and they yeah. always get outbid. Yeah. They're always trying to play catch up with the Yankees, you know? And, and that year, you know, to watch them come back, there was nothing sweeter ever than that, you know? And, uh, Man. You know, so it was good to see, um, you know, the giant fall at the hands mm-hmm. of the younger brother. You know, it was great. Yeah. Or um, 2001, where they played the Diamondbacks in the World Series, that yeah. crazy seven game. That's right. That's right. They lost yeah. to the Diamondbacks. We were in cardiac. We watched that one. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think it's not just signing superstars. You have to have chemistry. You have to have chemistry. All, almost all, almost every time you see like a really, really good team. They have those intangibles that they talk about all the time. It isn't just mm. big names and big salaries, although that's part of it. But it's got to fit. It's got to be it has, it has to. Yeah, I mean, it has to fit I mean, all together. I thought it was really good with uh, Dirk Nowitzki getting his, his his first and only like championship ring when he beat the the mighty Heat. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that was great. You know, I mean, it was good to see. It gave a lot of people stuff to cheer about and to, to follow and. You know, that keeps people interested. We talk about Magic Johnson, like, do you think um, Ben Simmons has, like, the potential of being uh, Magic Johnson-esque? Like a, a six ten point guard. <laughs> well, I think he's got. I think he's got a ways to go yet. <laughs> huh? He's only a rookie, so <laughs> we're, we're only like thirty games in. Yeah, but uh, and aren't they aren't they having some issues over there in Philadelphia? Isn't isn't the process on hold a little bit? Well, because Embiid has missed some games this year, and when they, whenever he's off the field, they they lose more than they win. Yeah. But they won last. They won yesterday. They beat Kristaps Porzingis. I gotta say, I love that name, Kristaps. Chris, Kristaps. I don't think I Christophe know him. Kristaps Porzingis. He's the only player on the Knicks. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Knicks just have what? one player. Well, and and they do have uh, former number two overall pick uh, Michael Beasley, who last week was just going off for like a bunch of points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, you remember me? I wasn't. Like, hey, I'm not. Like, I'm not like a, a bust that's out of the league yet. So <laughs> I didn't know he was still in the NBA. So he, fair he, went, play. he went to China and like scored what 30, 40 points a game, and then and then got back into the NBA. Really, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yo, did and also do you know, Chris, that um, uh, Stephon Marbury is like a Chinese basketball legend? He's still playing. Like, 
I don't know if he's still playing, but Star all I know is he had he had he he had a a statue erected in his honor of of him being embroidered as a trope as a as a statue of him holding like that the Chinese like uh, championship trophy yeah. as a statue of him really? of, of stuff on Marbury I, wow. somewhere in China. I did not know that. <laughs> so he is a, a Chinese basketball legend. Wow. <laughs> well, not in this country, then in another one. I guess that's okay. I mean, well, he was he was good back in the day. Like, yeah, um, he, he, he played before KG. he came to the Celtics. He would. You you would know this, D. I can't. I, I I'm blanking on where he played, where he was famous for playing. Came to um, the Celtics late Minnesota. in his career. Minnesota, and then he played for the Knicks. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember I when think, he was on the Knicks. I think he only played for the Celtics two years, maybe? Something, Something like Probably. that. Yeah, it was kind of during I, the yeah. kind of Garnett era. It had, it had to be short because I remember him playing like on, on the T-Bulls with, uh, with, with KG. Yeah. And remember, he played for the Knicks and then went downhill. Remember when the Celtics <laughs> – didn't the Celtics also have Sam Cassell for a hot second? Yep. <laughs> for like a year. And Chauncey Billups before Chauncey. I knew exactly what you had in Chauncey. And they yeah, drafted like, him. But they, they traded Detroit, him away. That was, and uh, then he became Mr. Big Shot for Detroit. Was that, was that Patino? Patino <laughs> traded him away. Oh, God. Oh, Patino. That was the year he said – that was the year he justified all this shit by saying, look – Larry Bird and Kevin McHale aren't walking through this door anymore. And you all people, all you fans of the Celtics are going to have to get over it. Larry yeah. Bird and Kevin McHale aren't coming back. So we've got to do Man. whatever we have to do. And it's like, I tell uh, you, though. Um, it's just the way he said it. I, mm. I tell you, well, though. Like, they were supposed to draft Tim Duncan. Mm. And then they Ugh. didn't win the draft law. Oh, that's right. They didn't. That they tanked the- to draft Tim Duncan. That's right. And then they were like, the draft law, they were like number Eight or something, right? Uh, I tell you though. So you know um, what? Karma, karma comes back because yeah. you know they, were, they weren't supposed to win the lottery this year. So you know, yeah. But I, I, yeah, and y'all got a good guy in Tatum. He's awesome, yeah. Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah. Is is it too soon to say like y'all dodged a bullet with Fultz? Like, because I, I guess it's yeah, it's too early. But they got to see what happens. But it's it's not looking good right now for the whole Markel Fultz experiment. He needs to get back healthy, and he needs to learn to shoot. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> not to be mean, but like, yeah. But let me say say this though, like, like the, the Celtics front office, I, I felt like was at first trying to set up uh, Brad Stevens, maybe be like a scapegoat of a coach for a couple years, and then fire him. But when he got took the guys that were given to him and coached them up to be a playoff team, like. He solidified himself to me as being one of the best coaches in the league right now. Yeah, it's crazy like, what like, he's been able to accomplish. Well, I mean, I mean, you see, it, he looks like he has like that still kind of has like a fresh baby face, like he's like in college or something, like uh, like like he's a um, I don't know, like a um, he look he kind of looks like a one of those like older like um, uh, college RAs or something like that. <laughs> so it's um. I mean, he did coach Butler, and like he got that team right, and then he just went in and just did the same thing in the NBA. They weren't supposed to be number one seed last year, but he coached them to be that. Yes, there was as outliers of like, hey, uh, you know, yeah, probably the Cavaliers probably just tanked a little bit, uh, but um, Brad Stevens has been consistent ever since he got into the league. 
He's 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 kind of like uh, reminds me of like Eric Spolster. People didn't give Spolster a chance. They thought like oh like Wade and uh, Wade Bosch and right. Wade Bosch and LeBron James are, are the ones coaching the team and not him. And he's just like you know just a face in like that position. But he can actually coach. And Brad Stevens, he he can coach. Yeah, he was young when he got the job, but he's done yeah. very well. And I honestly think I probably look like I'm older than Brad Stevens right now. Well, look at this year. They lost one of their best players in the first first game of the year. <laughs> oh, opening night. And oh, they've still board. done very well. You know, that, hey. that right there could have been kind of an excuse to play like that for a while. Hey, hey, Dan, I tell you who looks older than Brad Stevens. Mm. Blake Bortles. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> Poor man. You're, you're, you're running gag of him looking like a 40-year-old like high school like uh, football coach. He really does, though. <laughs> really? I haven't Hold noticed. On. Okay, I'll have to look. Hold on. I'm just going to type Blake Bortles in here. i tell you who else look old. Uh, Chris Wanky. Oh, no. How old do you think this guy is? Oh, man, he looks like he's my age. He's like 24, and I'm like 75. <laughs> this dude what? is 24 years. Look, look at this. What? He's not 24. He's 24, or maybe 25. But he's. Oh man, he's got gray beard. <laughs> what? Do you think maybe that's just from playing in Jacksonville? Yeah, it's from being chased around by linebackers all day long. <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's crusty. Man. <laughs> You wouldn't think, wow. right? Yeah, he's old. You're right. He's old. I definitely. I look better. Than, I look younger than him. Yeah, and I probably got a couple years on him. <laughs> Just a couple. It's <laughs> only drafted a few years ago. I'm Italian. I age like fine wine or cheese. What does that make me? I don't know. Did you see yeah. the video of the Steelers fan watching the end of that game? The fan at watching TV. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he like, uh, like, did he like, like, slam like a bowl of popcorn or throw? No, like, it was, did he it like was break dip. Stuff? It was dip. It was all over oh, the yeah. ceiling. All yeah, it, was the, it was dip. It was dip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I saw that. I saw that on I Twitter. It like yeah. a tiny screen, so I uh-huh. couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, they were showing the camera after it was on a ceiling as well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? I can't remember what game it was, but do you remember the video of the Dallas fan punching his fist through his TV? Oh no, I don't. I that think one. that was after the playoff game last year, <laughs> where Aaron Rodgers beat him with the Jared Cook catch. Man, what is it that like you know? I've been upset before, but I'm not going to destroy my house. You know, I mean, never. <laughs> if my team loses, I mean, yeah. I guess I the one time, and it was that Super Bowl party in college where I I like smacked at the door jam with my hand. I don't know why that was the part of the door I picked to hit. But uh, <laughs> my hand immediately hurt, and I immediately felt really stupid for having done that. <laughs> so Man. I never did it again. It won't help them win. It's true. It is very true. That's what my girlfriend tells me. Hey, no matter how much you, uh, how loud you yell at the TV, they're not going to hear you, and they're not going to play any better. <laughs> that, that reminds me... Uh, I think that's that how be, I cope. That's how I cope to these, I know, these I things, yell. man. I yell too. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys are both of you are are very <laughs> high volume sports sports fans. 
My wife hey, makes me come up in this hey, room and shut the door I, when I'm watching. My the game. dad was high volume, and my brother's high volume. Yeah, it, it just comes with the territory <laughs> of, of, of my family. Yeah, I I scared the shit out of the cats. They run out of the room, dude. dude <laughs> my mom even said that she threw a pen uh, last week when she was watching that Steelers, the Steelers and Patriots game. She she threw like an ink pen. <laughs> oh my god. I and I will admit I I am pretty much the complete opposite. I I sit like I'm at like an art house movie in complete silence, and you know every now and then when they score a single clap, yeah, he'll put a hand out for a high five. That's about it. That's all you get out of him. This would be kind of funny, maybe a good topic to end on. Um, uh, craziest superstition that you've ever had. Any weird thing you've done for good luck. Mine is that I had this little Darth Vader figurine during the 2007 season. And every game I had him point at the TV uh, the whole year. And uh, including the Super Bowl, and that was when I decided I was done with superstition because they didn't win that game even with the Darth Vader figurine. Wow, that's a really good one. All right, here's, um, here's mine. I have, I have, uh, I have a Patriots game jersey, and I have a Red Sox game jersey, and I do not generally put that jersey on when they're actually playing the game. A rare mm. instance, like I did this weekend when you and I, because. I would put the jersey on and sit down, and they would throw out one of those shit games like every time. So I just don't put the jersey on until the game is in hand. When the game is in hand, when they're up by three touchdowns and there's two minutes left, I'll put the jersey on then, and then I'll go downstairs. And- Wait, of of a specific player or just like just a team? team any, in general? any, it doesn't matter. I have a Brady jersey and I have a Kevin Falk jersey, but I would not put on a Patriots jersey or a Red Sox jersey while the game oh. is going on until. The game is in hand. And then once it's in hand, I'll go get a beer, I'll put the jersey on, and then I'll... Yeah. Because if I put it on too early... I never do that. Yeah, they'll, they won't win. That, that <laughs> is... I know. That's that's mental illness, uh, basically. <laughs> I've learned I mean, something like, about you today. I mean, I'm actually opposite. Like, I uh, I feel like if I don't wear a jersey, uh, sometimes... Like, if I... If there's times where I don't wear a jersey, then like I don't think they do. Uh, the Patriots don't do well. But like if, but but if they're winning and if I'm wearing normal stuff, I'm like okay, cool. But if they're starting to lose, I'm like oh crap. I, I, that, no wonder they're losing. Now I don't have my jersey, so I put that on. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. This is a logical huh? paradox. It is. Maybe it's because you're the ying and I'm the yang. I, I think that's I, what I don't it see is. No, I don't see no other explanation there, man. I don't. Like, <laughs> Dude, I, I, you I, and I have achieved balance in the force. <laughs> in the universe. We yeah, have achieved. We have brought balance to the force, which Luke could not do. It's true. Yeah. Wow. This is awesome. Man. This is really good. Well, like my okay, so like my crazy, I guess my craziest superstition was like, and it only happened one time though. Like, but I'm gonna say just confirm because it, it I, I'm gonna say it because it actually worked. Um, you remember that time I was at at the the uh, senior year and um, we were at the Hodges apartment and um, it was like that year when they were it was the AFC championship. I missed most of the championship game because I had like cheerleading practice. Yeah, I did like cheerleading like senior year. <laughs> 
interesting story for another time. Okay. But I was there for like the four, saw the fourth quarter, and it was like I heard it was just like a terrible game and everything, but because the Patriots struggling, Brady was struggling stuff. Then they managed to get like points, but that was the Karate Chop game, right? <laughs> yep. And then, like, uh, yeah, Sterling Moore, the karate chop her around the world. And um, as a result of that, they had the, um, what is it, like the tie or the win, the, like the tie of the game, they had to kick a field goal with, uh, uh, what, was, what was his name? What was what was the uh, field goal? Goskowski? Goskowski? No, 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 no. Ravens kicker, right? Oh, was I'm that, sorry. Was that Justin Tucker? No, no, no. That was before Tucker. I can't remember the dude's name now. Football reference? <laughs> sure. Hold on. Mm-hmm. What, this was 2011? Uh, yeah. 2011 Ravens. I was just on the 1967 Boston Patriots page. Oh, cool. Gino Capaletti. Uh, mm. Roster, roster. How do I find the roster? This, <laughs> is, this is great radio. Uh, Billy Cundiff. Billy, Billy, I remember Billy him. Cundiff. That's not a name I was expecting to hear today. Billy Cundiff, he shanked it because, and like I stood up right, and it was like they were prepping, like they had called timeout, they were prepping to kick the field goal, and I stood up, and for some reason I started like to, like I guess I was like shifting my hips, so it was like a half shift, like half gyrating my hips, like like one side to another, like right and left, and Whoa. I was like shake it, shake it. Shake it and shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. And like our friend Joy, who's been on the show, she witnessed that and she thought it was like the the craziest but most adorable thing ever. And then he missed. Then he he shanked the darn field goal, and we went. We're going to the Super Bowl, and I thought that my shank it dance helped them, like help, boop, just bump that kick, like. Away from my from the uprights. <laughs> so anyway, I guess we should probably wrap it up. Um, okay. We've been going for a while here. This was fun, guys. Was. I love it, man. I want to thank you guys for letting me sit in with you tonight. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, we want a. Uh, we I would like like for you to be like uh, to come back on the show sometime, man, because this was great. Oh, absolutely, anytime. And plus, I I I feel a lot less like uh, like outnumbered by like our. Um, our general public, you know, in terms of like uh, Patriot and Boston fans versus like non-Patriot and Boston fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, so you may, so you help me feel more at home. That's the language we speak here. See? I know. I mean, here's here's the thing. Like, how am how am I like a big Patriot fan and didn't and didn't even grow up close to Boston? <laughs> I've often wondered this myself. Because uh, you don't talk like us. I don't. <laughs> Maybe it's because um, just take the R out completely. Take the letter R completely out of your uh, your language, so it's ah, and and end every sentence with "you bastard." <laughs> <laughs> and you can go to Boston and know, and you'll be fine. Special appreciation to Chris here. Just. Giving us and blessing them, blessing and gracing us with his in, intelligence and uh, awesome, rich 
experience yeah, as being a, a, a Boston everything fan. Like, oh, thank just you. Really, just you really appreciate it. that because I never think I've never been exposed to somebody who's like that rich in their like their Boston sports. So and so and this it's kind of like me discovering like a uh, like a long lost like father figure. So. So that, oh, thank so that, you. So, so that, uh, thank you, Matt. And it's the that's pizza rolls. Yeah, definitely. Thanking uh, Dan here, being my uh, my partner in crime here. That's and always funny. Just and thank you, thank you to the fans and audience, um, all five of our audience members. <laughs> I was going to say two, but I guess our audience is wrong. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, I like you know I like to remain the optimist. Uh, uh, I think our last episode it, had. Uh, had seven streams on uh, SoundCloud, so we're Ooh. we're doing better. I like it, man. But I I like I, I just like you know appreciate everyone's support, uh, everyone being part of the show. Um, hopefully, we just keep bringing these episodes. In. And this is and, and to us, this is like really therapeutic, and, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So it's, as long as it stays fun, and it's just like two dudes uh, uh, sharing their love for sports and. Uh, um, displaying their bromance to like the audience around the world, <laughs> like we're we're gonna keep doing Accurate. what we we're gonna keep doing what we're doing here. So, <laughs> yeah. but so on that note, um, this has been uh, D with two E's and Dan, yeah, Dan. with the A and AM. Chris, yeah, with one S. Like, <laughs> there you go. And, I like I like this I like this uh, this gag. <laughs> yeah, but I wish I could just hug you all, but I'm not gonna. But someday he will. <laughs> On that note, may y'all stay safe, enjoy life, and be kind to one another, and uh, and love the those. If you love the world of sports, hey, keep doing it. If not, like. Spend time on the things that you do care about. If you don't like, love the world of sports, why the hell are you listening to this? <laughs> well, they want to hear me. Right, yep. right, right, right. Well, this is just stuff. But just, but peace, love, and happiness. Take care, everybody. Peace. Bye. Should we go ahead and start? Uh, Let's rock. Before? So, hi, everybody. Uh, oh, no, no, I haven't even hit the record button. Crap. Wait, you haven't? No, I haven't. Wait a minute. One, two. God, we've been rolling for about 15 minutes. <laughs>